after the awkward transition from episode one to what is now episode two of almost seemingly a completely different show, <laughs> let me formally introduce everyone to the second episode of Deviating Tangents, a variety show where we try to talk about a central point of the episode, only to get lost almost immediately, hoping to find our way back. And if we don't, then that's not too big of a deal, because if we're talking about something else, that's probably more interesting. Yeah, hopefully the new thing we're talking about is equally, if not more, exciting. But we'll be your hosts for the next foreseeable hour and a half, maybe. My name is Connor, and with me I'm joined by... And I'm Scott. Anybody here know what a hypothetical is? Uh, hypothetically, yes, I do. Uh, hypothetical. I don't know why I asked as though I were going to get somebody responding. Like, in the Aether, someone was going to go, I know what a hypothetical is! And then I was like, yes, you random citizen, you were smart. Have a gold star. Well, it's, it's, it's like Dora the Explorer. We ask questions and wait for the audience that we know can't respond to us. Like, a really <laughs> uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> Do you see the house? Good job! <laughs> But no, a hypothetical is essentially it's a question without a real answer, or if it has an answer, it's a the answer makes you question your morality. Yeah, it's, it's meant to make, make it's, you think. It makes you think. And so one of my favorite ones, and we were actually talking about this a few weeks ago, I think this was before we started recording episode, what would have been, if we had started from the actual beginning, what would have been episode two. Um, what if you didn't have feet? What if your hands, what if your feet were just more hands, like like monkeys, I guess? Would okay. Sh- would shoes okay. still exist, or would you have <laughs> gloves for your hands? Would the concept of kicking still exist, or would it be a leg punch? Would your legs be called lower arms? How, how would transportation and things differ? Yes, like, if at all. Yeah. Because if I could imagine if you're... What is a, a hand? What is a foot but a less dexterous hand? I mean, I suppose. I mean, technically, some of the the same bones and, and structures are in your hands and feet. Yeah, they're at least they're named the same, even if they're designed differently. Doctor Regina Phalanges. Wasn't that from? That's from that show I don't like. <laughs> I was about to say, wasn't that from, wasn't that Lisa Kudrow's made up? Yep. friends character thing. Yeah. Yep. When when she's being a being a doctor. It, I don't dislike friends. I just. How did we, I was asking a hypothetical. <laughs> I was asking a hypothetical, and you're like, I don't hate friends, but. Welcome to deviating tangents. <laughs> so. No, we're going to talk about my thing. <laughs> it's funny, before you came over, I was sitting here, I'm like, I'm like I should just text Scott randomly before he comes over. You're you're going to be on your deathbed having suffered from, you know, like some type of like brain trauma that forces you to like forget like most things of your life, but the last thing you're going to remember I gotta say that. Like, that's an actual concern I have. <laughs> the last thing, the la- you're gonna be on your deathbed, and the last thought, the, the last conscious thought that goes through your head before you go. I should have watched Friends. Is Joey doesn't share food. <laughs> <laughs> but feet. 
what are feet? What are feet but less dexterous hands? I mean, I I, I can see it. There's, I don't know. There, there there are some things that you wouldn't think to do with your feet, or or think to do with your hands, and, and would just have to do with your feet. Like, you're not gonna stomp on something by punching it. Yeah. But at the same time, you can do things with your feet that people wouldn't think to try. I mean... Like, feet are made for standing. They're made for walking. Yeah. I've I've seen the contortionists shoot bows and arrows with their feet. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. I, I, I don't Because, like, the, the strength required yeah. to be able to keep that, dro- that bowstring yeah. taut. Because, like... <laughs> If that were a real, like, an English longbow from, like, the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. the drawstring would be, like, 110 pounds. So let's just assume it's, like, a high-class sports bow with, I'm just going to ballpark it, a drawstring of 50 pounds. Can you pull that with just the muscles of your leg? Sure. And and not just pull the string back, but also have the core strength to do that while you're standing on your hands. Yes, and be able to aim. Yeah, it's not just that they can like str- that they can like draw and loose an arrow from a bow with nothing but their feet. But yep. you see people like getting all near bullseyes. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy, especially considering how screwed up your angle mm-hmm. of vision is. Yeah, because because. Usually, you have the bow directly in front of your face, so you can, you know, squint one eye, and and that's your aiming. But yeah. if you're upside down on your hands, the bow is like two or three feet above you. Yeah. So how how do you compensate for the the different in ang- difference in angle and there? And then wind. <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine being able to aim a bow from underneath it, aiming with your legs, has to take like the same type of like mental mapping that like like snipers use, that, or like playing golf. Okay, yeah. Like you're you have a particular angle on your payload, I guess, mm-hmm. and then you have to you have you can't because you're not standing right behind it. It's mm-hmm. not like a one to one. It goes forward and less affected by wind because that's almost how that's how arrows and bullets work. But and and speaking of golf, um, it's not a game for me. It's it's not really something I enjoy. Mini golf is a different story. With, with mini we, golf isn't even a game. We, it's an activity that you spend time hanging out with your friends. We should go mini golfing. We I want to go <laughs> mini golfing before the winter time. Um, that said, there's a lot of math behind golf to oh, play yeah. well like the the dimples on the ball aren't there for show the, those are there for aerodynamics yep. they um, make the ball fly as straight as possible to, to the point where you know mythbusters did that scaled up to a car for for fuel yeah. efficiency um with like mar- not just like minimal results yeah no it, it was significant um and and beyond that just the force that you use to hit the ball the the wind that day just even down to what type of grass that the ball is landing yeah. on and like they keep everything separated into different stages to make mm-hmm. you think about the best way to get out of a situation there's there's so much math so much planning just just so much skill involved in playing this game well and I don't, I don't really like that it's seen as 
just the old rich white people sport because this is a very intense skill-based game and, and and i understand calling golf intense is is you know kind of an oxymoron I guess there, it's, but, it's like mentally taxing yeah yeah um and and i think that contributes to to why everyone needs to be silent when they're hitting the ball because yeah. there's just so much going on in your head um that said i don't understand why people flip out over missing a putt or something like yeah. like yeah okay you messed up but now you just broke your hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clubs yeah why do clubs need to be that expensive they're just sticks of metal yeah who, who cares but it's like now getting frustrated at missing a putt i can totally get yeah because it's like i just drove the ball from like the starting from like the tee from tee off I drove it all the way up the fairway, landed on green. Mm -hmm. That should be the hard part, and I did it perfectly. And then, but I can't, hit my, I can't hit the ball Another thirty point. inches into yeah. the goal. <laughs> the goal, the hole. So no, I totally get like the frustration of missing a putt. The concept of. How many hits should it take mm -hmm. to sink a ball? And and how are those numbers determined? Like, like, do the person who makes the course just play through it and like, oh, this is what it took me to do. Yeah. So now th th those are the numbers. So, so someone who's never played golf before. So it's entirely <laughs> dependent on the creator of the course. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just a landscaper. I don't play golf. Well, you, you made it. So now you have to play through it. All right. This... Uh, this first hole is a par 27. <laughs> There's only 10 strokes. It's, it's not my fault you have a plus 16. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing. How do handicaps work in, in golf? Like, like I, I, that's, that's a term that gets thrown around a lot. But I don't... Like, do you just take strokes off at the end of the game? Or, or, or what's going on? There? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Scott. Yeah. What if Ronald McDonald came up to you on the street and put his hand on your shoulder and he was like, you're my long lost son and I'm terminally ill and you're going to inherit the Ronald McDonald family fortune. Are you saying I'm a clown? No, I'm just saying, <laughs> what would you do? What would you do if Ronald McDonald came up to you on the street and did all that? I mean, like probably wouldn't believe it because because like if what if, if so what if, so like is this just some guy who says he's ronald mcdonald no, 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 or no, no, some no, guy ronald in a clown McDonald's suit from the from the from the commercials it, okay that that gives even less credence to it because why is this guy in face makeup talking to me i don't like, think i don't think ronald mcdonald has like the the fake clown nose yeah but under the assumption that he did in this particular argument, what if he was like, because you, you likely you're very skeptical. You're like, yes. You're like, I don't believe you, Ronald McDonald. Yep. And he's like, I have proof. And he takes off the clown nose and he puts it on your nose and it fits perfectly. And he's like, need I say more? <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, the Ronald McDonald family fortune is not tied to the success of McDonald's. Correct. So it's not, you're not getting, you're not inheriting McDonald's. Mm -hmm. You're inheriting the Ronald McDonald family fortune, whatever that is. 
I don't know if there is a Ronald McDonald family fortune. I'm just saying a clown walked up to you on the street and said, you're my son. How would you take that? Uh, not well. I would probably completely brush them off. Go away from me. <laughs> Creepy clown man. I like Ronald. He's not a scary clown. So, speaking of Ronald and creepy clowns. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, do you remember the, uh, the the trend of creepy clowns in 2016? Was that 2016? Yeah, it was 2016. Where, like, when It came out and people were, like, dressing up as Pennywise and stuff and, like, tra- trying to scare people? Not quite Pennywise, but, but yeah. So there, there were just, you know, yeah, clowns the, all over the place the, for the no reason. dangerous no clown stuff. The... Mad clown posse. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, have you noticed that Ronald McDonald hasn't been in McDonald's commercial since then? Since before that. They, they started phasing him out because of all the clowns. It was long before that. He, he was still there, but not as predominant. Like, probably out, of the, just probably out of the merchandising. Yeah. Because yeah. Ronald McDonald hasn't been in a McDonald's commercial since, like, 2006. Something like that. But, but now he's just, like, not associated with with the franchise at all, except for people who remember him being associated with the, the franchise. Speaking of being associated with the franchise, neither are we. Yeah. This is not <laughs> sponsored by McDonald's. It's or just, anyone, really. It happens to be a topic. Everybody knows what a McDonald's is. Yeah. So that makes it a fun topic to talk, talk about. Yeah. Speaking of McDonald's, though, do you remember when McDonald's is more than one used to have like GameCubes in them and before yes. that N64s yes uh, so the one that used to be where I worked um, I think I think still has them what yeah I, I don't know I don't know if they work but I think the TVs are still there because I know the one that's right back up this way I know this is real fun for those of you playing at home to try to p- triangulate our position. He's um, pointing stage left. So, it would be stage right. because Whatever. The audience. What, so, what, whatever. Regardless, the one that was back up this way, um, for the longest time, had them. Mm-hmm. And when they remodeled in 2000, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to say 2012, 2013, and they took it out, and I was... I was livid. I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no! That was the whole point of going. It wasn't. It wasn't the, the silly Happy Meal toy. <laughs> the crappy Happy Meal toy. The the Transformers, but it's just a burger. Yeah. Burgertron, transform. <laughs> I remember loving those toys. Inspector Gadget was like seven different toys. Yeah, and you. You had to collect all of them to, like, make the most out of the base toy. Yep, yep. Because the, the base toy is just, you know, Inspector Gadget's face with the back half of his torso. That did nothing. Yeah. But you could also get his arm that was, like, a flashlight. His other arm was a screwdriver or something. Yeah. The, the front part of his, his body was, like, a communicator or some kind of cell phone-ish d- device. Yeah. There was, I love that the, every interpretation of Inspector Gadget, he's like supposed to be like the mechanical, like RoboCop, but for kids mm-hmm. and way more accessible. 
the the bumbling idiot. Yes, but it's like it. This is almost a million dollar man situation. Mm-hmm. You had amazing technology that was able to make this man a cyborg, mm-hmm. but his stuff doesn't even function right. <laughs> He's falling off a cliff. And there's an episode of the cartoon that I remember very fondly where he's trying to, he's tracking down Dr. Claw doing typical hmm. Inspector Gadget thing. And he drives off a cliff and he's like, now would be a perfect time to activate my go, go gadget copter and gadget neck goes off and he just goes straight up. <laughs> and so he, halfway through the fall, he's like, not gadget neck, gadget copter, <laughs> and neck just keeps extending back up past the cliff where Brain just happens to be there as he watched him fall, and he grabs him by the neck, and it keeps him from like falling to his death. But copter never goes off. I question the logistics of that. If if, if he drove off the cliff, how is a dog grabbing hold of his head going to save him from? Anything. Because because gadget neck extends to a certain length and then stops. Yeah, but like, wouldn't the force of the the already assuming terminal velocity car falling off a cliff, wouldn't that outweigh a dog? Well, no, he pulls gadget out of the car. Okay, I, I suppose. Which even so, a full grown yeah, male yeah. with plenty of hardware inside of them <laughs> should definitely help. The pulling of a dog off a cliff. <laughs> Not that we want to see a dog fall off the cliff. No, just... Brain's adorable. Yeah. Brain's smart. Very smart. That's probably how he got his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's one of the tropes in TV that I never really minded. Um, Like, the main character is like a bumbling idiot. But, like, the sidekicks are, like, the super geniuses. Yeah. Because it's always Penny and Brain actually thwarting and, Dr. And there Claus was the, the what, Hong Kong Fooey, where his little nephew there is, is the actual hero. Yeah. I also <laughs> like what I like about, speaking of Hong Kong Fooey, what I like about that show is that it's, like, the looks can be deceiving bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, because it's in the intro. It's like, who could be this mysterious, you know, like, masked crusader or whatever? Yeah. That's Batman. <laughs> but um it's like could it be the the police chief it's like nope and it's like could it be the uh, tele the police telephone operator it's like nope could it be the humble you know like peace loving janitor could be <laughs> and then the intro starts and why does that remind me of jackie chan adventures because i don't know because like Martial arts and Jackie Chan's known for that. Yeah, I guess. Good show. Yeah. Really good show. Yeah. Kinda kinda took a turn in later seasons, but still pretty good. All two of them. Well, yeah. Was there two? Maybe there was three. It, so television seasons are weird to me because yeah. like there are things that are different seasons based on when they aired, but like you have different story arcs within those well, seasons and it's also who owns them controls that like yeah. certain archaic rules like disney has a thing where no show is allowed to have more than like i think it's 64 episodes i think it's 63 but 63 yeah something like in that. its entirety yeah so it's like if you grew up watching shows like the my little mermaid animated series mm-hmm. aladdin hercules impossible Kim possible all of those shows maxed out their Mm -hmm. episode capacity so when they were finished they weren't canceled they were finished disney wouldn't let the ips go longer yeah 
they, they wanted the shows to end before they got stale. Yes. Which, okay, I can kind of understand. On the other hand, some of those shows were like, like, like I want to watch the entirety of the, the Lilo and Stitch animated series. Yep. I want to find all of the Every cousins. episode needs to be an experiment. Yes. It, or, or even if they double up, there are a couple episodes where they found two like or three than, exper- yeah. yeah. But like that's hard on 626 experiments. Yeah, that's really hard on the writers. Yeah. So yeah. each one of them has to be unique and yeah. Plus speaking of unique, it, it's easy to say, "Oh hey, 6 is experiments 6 to 6 and Jumbo Jukipa has has made 625 experiments before then without showing any of them because yeah. you know it's just a plot device. Yeah. But then if you start a series for that, now you need to come up with 600 unique unique characters yeah. all with their own powers. Wasn't there like in the movie, wasn't there like a plot device that like Stitch's molecular structure is too dense? So that's why like he can't handle water cuz like he'll just sink to like the bottom of the ocean. So he's just a sonic. Yes. Well, it's like his molecular structure is like super dense, and but he needs to breathe air. I, I could. Believe, it, it's been a while since so I've seen the movie. What if there's a, what if there's just a really dark side of the show that all of the experiments happen to be that way, but most of them landed in the Atlant- in the Pacific Ocean and drowned <laughs> before they had a chance to all do right, anything. That, that got a lot darker than I thought it was going. <laughs> No, I, I think there were there were some experiments that that actually excelled in water and could swim. That's fair. I, I don't I don't remember. I, I do remember there had sandwiches. To be at least a water one. Probably. Reuben yeah. is the best experiment. <laughs> Let's talk about experiment six two five. He is exactly everything Stitch is and more. Mm-hmm. He's just nonviolent. He he doesn't care. He can speak better than Stitch can. Mm-hmm. He can recognize social cues better than Stitch can. Mm-hmm. He's just as strong, just as capable in anything, and can make a really killer sandwich. And that that's all he cares about his entire life. I want to make a better sandwich. That's yep. it. And and that's a really tragic character when you think about it, because like Especially when he's he's stuck working with Gantu. Yeah. I don't want to say Gantu is also tragic, but kinda a little. I guess a little bit. He's, he's like the he's the recurring like the the not bad cop but the antagonizing good yeah, cop. Yeah, Th- there is some character growth with Gantu. Yes. Um, <laughs> in the in the movie, he's definitely the bad guy. Yes. I, I gotta bring this criminal to straight justice. Up, boom. Whatever. Straight up the villain. Um, but in the in the series, like there there's a depth to the character that he he cares about more than just catching stitch um and and the other experiments he doesn't outright hunt lilo anymore but like he'll try to protect her if if she's inadvertently in harm's way so i don't remember what the plot of the show was like obviously they have to find all the experiments Mm -hmm. what does he do he's trying to catch all of the experiments himself so For what purpose? To put them in prison, because they're abominations. So he is still going after Stitch? Yes, but not 
as much. Like he's he's more it's, concerned. I guess Stitch is like the reformed criminal. Yeah, yeah. So they have to like sometimes like team up to find the hardened criminals. Yeah. So he he's okay. going after the the newly awakened experiments because the the little experiment balls when they get wet they transform into full experiments. Yeah. But they are just like Stitch was at the beginning of the movie. They're just feral and yeah, yeah. And, and you know have magic for lack of a better term, powers that can, you know, wreak havoc everywhere. And they have to protect the Earth because we're, like, the last planet yeah, in, the, in the known galaxy are, that has are mosquitoes. are an endangered species. Um, and, and I like that Lilo um, tries to find a place for all of the experiments. Yeah. Like, like all of these experiments are misunderstood creatures but that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for them in this world yeah the moral of each episode is like your uniqueness can be always yeah. you can always find a utility for your uniqueness yeah if you're willing to work for it yes uh I w we were talking about what did I want to say there was a place I wanted to go before we got to oh we were talking about Gantu yep um that's another character trope in like cartoons and TV shows that I don't mind so much. Like the the reformed villain. Not, not so much the reformed villain, but like specifically the the antagonistic cop archetype. Like an antihero kind of thing. I don't want to say antihero, but like clearly like more bad guy than good guy in the beginning, and then just slowly becomes more good guy. Maybe even part of the team. By the right, end, right. So, so like, like think. Did you watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Five Ds? I, I was about to say Seto Kaiba, but yeah, sure. Uh, I, Trudge I, works too. Yeah, Trudge was my <laughs> Trudge was my example. Kaiba also kind of works. He doesn't yeah. fit the cop aesthetic. Yeah, but like, no, like I, I guess I was thinking more along the lines of like lawman, like lawful, like lawful. It good, yeah. and, good and bad is not the requirement. It's lawful. It's mm. like I obey the law. And all that implies, and and maybe slowly realizing that the laws that he's held himself yes. to are are really... what the, are what the real problem is. Yeah. yeah. And, no. and let's let's talk about five Ds. Five Ds is awesome. You better not shit on my five Ds. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna. It it's why are these people whose only crime is being poor getting tattooed and sent to prison? because they're poor because are we gonna have this argument we're again? gonna have this argument it's again because okay there's no defending <laughs> there's no defending now that we're on a public forum and this isn't like a hypothetical argument between two guys in a, a grocery store aisle in the middle of the night putting stuff away <laughs> Now that this isn't that scene anymore and I have to actually defend New Domino City's actions. Yep. It's indefensible. <laughs> <laughs> if you're cr being poor is not a crime. It's it's not just the oh hey we're going to send you to prison. Like like why are they tattooing these people? I but guess it's the, You say has a face tattoo. It's a physical representation of like your criminal record why i don't know it drives the story 
I mean, sure. Also, I guess. face tats are cool. Think about Yu-Gi-Oh! One. Like Yu-Gi had the when he turned into the Pharaoh, he had the eye makeup. Yeah, but there, there's face tattoos, and then there's face tattoo because you're a criminal, and and those are two very different things. There. I don't like you say. I love Five Ds, but I don't like you say. I never He's... really got into Five Ds. You say so you're shitting on something <laughs> that you have no context I've, for. I've watched quite a few episodes. I just I I never watched the whole thing, and I actually stopped playing the game before that. Yeah. You say is like this completely infallible character, as are most protagonists. But like, completely infallible, like perfect Boy Scout, mm -hmm. never corrupted, never. He's always a good guy. Like his his he's ne his resolve is never tested. Yeah, and and that makes for a very Mary Sue character. Yeah, which Whereas... he is. But he's still enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I don't hate you, say. I just wish he were more dynamic. I think Crow is a better character. Yes. Well, even Jack. Mm -hmm. Jack's a great character. He's the antagonist of, like, partial antagonist of season one. He, he stole Yusei's duel runner. He, he's the, the Kaiba analogous. Yeah, he stole Yusei's duel runner to make it to New Domino City, where he became a megastar in the Turbo Duel Championships with Yusei's uh, Stardust Dragon, which he also stole. So if if Jack stole Yusei's duel runner and was able, why wasn't he sent to the facility? exactly, exactly? Especially since, <laughs> especially since it's revealed that Jack is from the satellite and Yusei is not. It's all the more reason not to tattoo people. No, Crow is a great character. Yes, he, Crow cares less about. It's always about helping the yes, orphans at the yes. end of the day. As, as long as the people close to him are are taken care of, nothing else matters. I what I don't like about Crow is where his deck came from. He pulled all the pieces of the Black Wings out of literally a junk heap of cards that nobody wanted. Black Wings to this day is still really really good. <laughs> I mean some things have to you got to make some concessions there for for story. Movements. He can't just have a complete garbage deck, yeah. I know. Yeah. But well, like you say it makes more sense. Yeah. Like he has a lot of cards that have synergy, but he also have has cards that you wouldn't think <laughs> to put in there like mushroom man. <laughs> <laughs> You say looks like a guy that would play Mushroom Man. <laughs> Intentionally. <laughs> I sucked back then. <laughs> God, can we get Little Karibo on this show? Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, prior to recording this episode, we watched an episode of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. We watched a few, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged is such a great series. Such a great show. <laughs> I know he's going through like medical stuff, which is why like he's taking a hiatus from YouTube. Yeah, like, man, I will help him like make his <laughs> show. So if anybody knows Lil Karibo and like has him watch our show and gets to this part, and he's like, yeah, I want to keep making Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. Like, send me a business email. <laughs> I would be more than happy to help you. Is there a world a war, a war bow, a boy, sky, <laughs> sky, Waymo. 
Hearts is a great character. Like, like that whole story arc doesn't really make sense. It does not fit the show. Yeah. Like, the entire series up until then, oh, this game is 5,000 years old from ancient Egypt. Just kidding, it's, it's 10,000 years old from Atlantis. It's twice as old, and it's <laughs> from Atlantis, yeah. But, like, like Darts has a reason for what he's doing. A, a lot of these antagonists, oh, I'm just going to be evil because I'm evil. But, like, there's a real depth to, to Darts' character. Yes, yeah. he's trying to end the world, but, like, he's seen his empire crumble around him. He's, he's seen the people he loves and cares about turn into monsters. Yeah. It's a problem. A real problem. Bouncing their attack back between each other, I can become stronger than infinity. I can Shut I can up, I can mean. make infinity. <laughs> and then the third knight comes in for infinity plus one. Such destroying a... the great Leviathan. So stupid. <laughs> I love plot armor in TV shows. Are you kidding me? It's so good. Hey, let's pull off that move that we totally didn't practice. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about the what I love really about Yu-Gi-Oh! The original series yeah. is like the we were talking about this, the B stories. Mm -hmm. Where like the the what was that the season three they were doing Battle City, but where on the way to the Battle City finals they get pulled into like the Kaiba Corp. Yep. Virtu not virtual sim, but like the mind compactor things. Yep. Put them in a virtual world where Gozaboro Kaiba was trying to escape and stasis. Yep. And they met Noah, and they had to do the whole Shinado's arc bit. Which and, um, I, I think was, you know, a, a decent filler arc. Oh, yeah. But, like, the the timing of it was weird. Yeah. Like, it, it was just inserted between another arc. Yeah. You were already... We already had the Battle City arc where, like, we had to play the, the game of... Is Merrick a good guy or a bad guy? Because he shows mm -hmm. his good face to the team, but he's a master manipulator behind the scenes. Yep. Then we figured out that he was the bad guy, so there's already all this momentum. Just finish the arc. And, and, and now the rest of the team are locked inside these computers in a virtual space, and Merrick is just, what, chilling that yeah, whole the time? The bad guy literally gets shelved for, like, 20 episodes. It's weird. But that's where I learned about investing. It's because he's stuck at that door. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that that part of the show is where I learned about investing. How so? Um, well, you know what I'm going to say, but for the people at home, um, there's a... so To be able to escape the virtual world, they have to beat not only Gozaboro Kaiba and Noah, his biological son, but they also have to beat, like, I think they called themselves the Fab Five, which were... Gozaboro's top financial advisors. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, his council of yes-men, essentially, that, uh, like, ran Kaiba Corp. One of which had a particular beef with Kaiba because he was, like, the investment analyst mm -hmm. who was like, I'm in charge of the money. Like, I know money better than anybody. And so, he gave Kaiba a task. He said, you have one year to make, I'm going to give you a million dollars. My father gave me a very small loan of a million dollars. He gave Kaiba a million dollars with the sole task of doubling it within a year's time. Mm -hmm. Kaiba proceeded to do it in a single day 
by investing all $1 million into 51% of a given stock. Mm -hmm. And then by owning majority of the company, liquidating everything for double profit. Mm -hmm. And then he handed all of it back to the guy and he was like, I hate you. And (laughs) (laughs) that just like proved like even as a child, how like maniacally, not only ruthless, but like intelligent Kaiba is like very cold and unfeeling, but it's just like, it's like this show taught me about like business, business ethics and like the (laughs) etiquette of buying and selling and how to stifle all competitive, (laughs) all competitive, all, like everybody's standing in your way, and and it wasn't just oh hey I'm going to liquidate everything. It was you are going to buy this stock back from me, or I'm going to fire everyone. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He didn't even. Yeah, it was a. It was just like an open threat. God, man. <laughs> and and this is when Kaiba is what twelve years old. Yeah, something he was like, that? like he was a child. <laughs> He was adopted by Gozaboro by beating him in a chess game. Like, yeah, that's insane. Um, If if you've only watched the anime, do yourself a favor and read the manga as well. There's so much more story in the manga than there is in the anime. Um, There's also season zero that you should watch. Yes. Uh, So here's a fun fact that... Diehard Yu-Gi-Oh fans might know, and and casual players might not. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh wasn't about a card game. Nope. It, it was just about games in general. Duel monsters just happened to take off. Yeah. Um, some of the the original games were were like, you know, moral quandaries, and and like, um. I remember one game where it was just, oh, hey, we're going to roll a die and see who gets the higher number. And and um, I think it was higher number loses. I don't remember. E- e- either way, I, I it's been a while since I've read the manga. But I remember the die getting thrown. It, it must have been highest number loses. So, so Yugi rolls a six. So, of course, he's going to lose. So... The, the guy he's playing against whips the die at him. Yugi holds up his puzzle. It hits the puzzle, cracks the die in two, and the guy rolls a seven with one die hmm. because it, it lands, you know, half the broken die on a six, half the broken die on a one. Yeah. So the guy lost because he got too cocky because he thought he couldn't possibly lose. Season zero, like, Yugi was, like, evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like... In the TV show, they can't do much because, you know, four good censors a lot. But, like, I'm pretty sure Yugi straight up kills people. Yeah, Yugi in has zero. legitimately killed people, even yeah. in the TV show. Yeah. Like, Mind Crush is literally just banishing their soul to the Shadow Realm, leaving a lifeless husk behind. Yeah, there, there's a very distinct difference between Kaiba in episode one and Kaiba in episode yeah. wherever he shows Every up. Every other again. one. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's still a douche, but, like, yeah. not quite as evil. Like, he's not downright evil. He's not trying to kill Yugi's grandpa because he has a, the fourth blue eyes. Which couldn't be played in Kaiba's deck anyway. Yeah. It, it was less, I don't want anyone 
it, it's less I want this card and more I don't want anyone else to have this yeah. card. Yeah, it's like if you bought all the Black Lotuses. Yep. And just burned them all. Yep. But you yourself had four Black Lotuses. <laughs> <laughs> are they on limit? Or are they just... Uh, they're so rare that... No it, one plays it, with them. Yeah. If you're playing a, a deck with... What would it be? Legacy or Vintage or some old format where Black Lotus is still legal. If you're running Black Lotus, you probably don't care about playing the game and are just there to show off. Yeah. Especially if you're running more than one copy. Now we're talking about Magic the Gathering. This yes. is the card game card game hypotheticals. Yep. Yep. I I don't like the reserve list in Magic. Yeah. I, I feel like it's detrimental to the game as a whole. Um, so the reserve list is a list of nine, a dozen, some number of cards that Wizards of the Coast has explicitly stated they will never reprint and will never have a functional reprint. So, so something that does the same thing but is called something else. Yeah. And I think that's detrimental because at its core it's a game yeah like, like these cards are game pieces you're you're meant yeah. to play with them and people have turned it into collecting and and oh hey this used to be a game piece but now it's my retirement fund yeah and and i don't i don't like that i, I think it it kills the spirit of it being a game yeah Speaking of card games and pieces specifically, I learned recently, uh, thank you Pro Jared, uh, and everybody that watches Pro Jared probably saw this video came out recently. There is a version of SimCity, the SimCity, that is a card game. Hmm. Interesting. It is a 60 card standard deck, and it's not played like you would expect a sim city to be played like everybody like like draws a card plays a card each card has a certain number of like uh like population has a certain amount of money that it generates from it and so you have to keep track of your own population and your own money and in the second phase of the game you have to start like upgrading landscapes and stuff it's this really weird really weird card game that doesn't actually look too enjoyable <laughs> but um i it was made that's another thing there are a lot of oh hey this is popular let's merchandise the crap out of it yeah yeah and and i think that i mean some ips that works for but others are, are very clear cash grabs and, and kills the IP entirely. Yeah. Like, so Transformers is a franchise I happen to enjoy. The only reason Transformers exists is because Reagan removed some uh, rules on advertising to children. So the, the TV show came out, and then the toy line like came out. Like, literally immediately. Yeah. And G.I. Joe and He-Man, they all did it. Yep. And, and some of those are okay. Others have kind of 
missed the point. Like, if if I'm looking for a Transformer, if, if I'm looking for something to play with and enjoy, I want something complicated. Yeah. Like, I, I want something that... Are you talking about, like, new Transformers yeah, toys? Yeah. So, <laughs> the older Transformers... Um, it was like 20, 30 steps between yeah. between phases. You'd have to fold in little pieces so that you could pull out larger pieces yep. so you could twist those pieces. And, and like feats of engineering to get all these. Oh, these, yeah. yeah. In a compact toy. And, and make it look like what you're trying to make it look like. Yeah. Whereas I've seen some Transformers now. It's literally like push a button and it folds out. Or, or even just turn it over yeah. or, or something like that. One or two steps and boom, you're done. Yeah. And that just like that's that's not a transformer. That's an action figure. That's a cell phone. Yeah. It opens. Cell phones don't even do that anymore. Yeah. You remember the the slide phones that they didn't just slide, but then like the the top screen would like flip. So, yes, um, my my first cell phone that was was actually mine was a slide phone. Yeah. It didn't flip, but it was a slide phone. Mine was, was a, a mine was a slide full slide out keyboard. It was a Samsung Intensity Two. <laughs> it was ice blue. <laughs> I used to be able to type a lot faster when I had a physical keyboard. Yep. I miss analog keyboard. Yep. I do not like swipe keyboards and wish I could disable them because like. I have fat fingers. So do I. And sometimes my uh, my phone will just start picking up inputs that I'm not actually putting in. Yeah. And then like your uh, what is it? Your predictive text remembers all of your misspelled words. Yep. Or your words that aren't words. Yep. Like <coughs> I've I've uh, misspelled Ethereum so many times that. My, my autocorrect thinks there's an I in it. Yeah. There's no I in Ethereum. What I hate is um, I'll be texting Jess and she'll be asking about like my day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, like, she'll be asking me how I'm doing. Like, if I'm, like, if I've got a headache or something, she's just checking on me and make sure I'm okay. And I, I text back, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But I leave out the apostrophe. Im. I am okay. Now, M is not a word. Mm-hmm. So instead of correcting it, my phone always just chooses to omit I'm. What? So it responds with okay. <laughs> so now I look like I'm not doing okay. And I'm like, no, you stupid piece of garbage phone. I'm fine. You know what I dislike more than swipe keyboards, though? voice to text i've had a hit and miss with voice to text i i have as well i don't use it but i i've seen people use it i don't use it anymore there are times where trying to speak correctly into the phone to get it to understand exactly what you're trying to say takes longer than just typing the message out especially when it messes up something early and you have to repeat your entire message two yeah. or three times just just type it yeah especially because you're speaking you're saying all of this out loud and if you're you know in a crowded area you're just that crazy guy shouting the same message into his phone over yeah. and over again can you hear me now yeah <laughs> 
what was it? Um, when I when I first moved, I was transferred to a store. I worked in the electronics department that had analog handsets <laughs> that could like plug into the headphone jack yep. of your yep. uh, phone, which was, I thought was hilarious. I love the novelty of it. Yeah, like. It serves no purpose. Absolutely. It makes you look like an idiot. Yeah, but did I want one? <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I did. I've, I've seen um, Bluetooth gloves. Yeah, so like it, it's a Bluetooth receiver for your phone, but the microphone's in the, peak, in the pinky and the, the earpiece the receiver's is in the thumb, in the... so you actually talk like That's this. That's stupid, <laughs> and I want one. <laughs> what is it? Uh, kids these days are going to be completely lost on the idea of being able to use both your hands on the phone yep. because you crooked it in your elbow or not your elbow and your shoulder up to your head mm -hmm. because the headset, the handset was large enough for you to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that with a cell phone anymore. Yeah. Phones are so tiny that you try to do that and you're just going to be awkwardly it, pinned and to they're, your shoulder. they're satiny smooth so they yep. slide past your shirt and and if you're not using a, a life proof case or something you, you're just asking to have, you know have thousands yeah. of dollars destroyed there are so many girls <laughs> like school age girls that i knew well then and now because it's a trend it's mm -hmm. not it's a trend it's just a thing that happens where you see girls phones and it's like it's an older slightly older model iphone mm -hmm. and the screen is just gone yep there's nothing left of the screen it's just it's a pretty snowflake over where their screen used to be and it's just like they don't have the money to get that repaired and they're always on it so speaking about iphones here let, let's uh let's take a tangent here we, that's what we're supposed to do. Yep. That's the yep. nature of the show. So, right to repair is is a... Uh, it's signed into law now. Yes. And and thankfully, things are moving forward with that. Um, did you know that if you remove the screen from an iPhone and replace it with the screen from another iPhone, it won't work? Really? Yes. So um, parts are essentially, I don't want to say serialized, but they know where they came from. And if it's not the if same... If it doesn't meet the same array. Yeah, yeah. So if, if it's not part of the same phone that it was sent out from the factory from, it just it won't work or won't work to its fullest potential. So is there a way to have the is there a uniform serial code that you could find a working screen i'm not really sure on that or is it like everything gets its own <laughs> screen and it's like a fingerprint it's it's more so that okay um so so what apple wants you to do is to take it to an authorized apple repair service and, and essentially they'll just give you a new phone yeah whereas you probably don't need that yeah. But like if if all that's wrong with your phone is that the screen's a little cracked, just replace the screen at at you know cell phone repair shop, and it should be all good. Yeah, it costs you like thirty bucks if that. Yeah, just just parts and labor, whatever. Yeah. But like, Apple is so adamant on on controlling their product that you can't repair things yourself. Yeah. And and they will stymie you every step of the way. 
So I, I have nothing to back this up, and it could just be in my own head, but I, I believe I read somewhere that um, Apple hires people to pretend to be customers in these stores. That's not a bad gig. Just to make the store not look empty and it looks like, you know, everyone's interested in iPhones. The idea of getting paid to do nothing, I think, resonates with a lot of people. I think it's more than just doing nothing. You have to look like you're super interested and, you know, make other people think that, oh, hey, buying an iPhone is such a great thing. Faking enthusiasm is such an easy thing to do. Not well. Like, like yeah, you can you. fake enthusiasm. I don't. Why do you think I do this show with you? <laughs> I don't know how to do normal enthusiasm well. It, it, it's it's difficult to come off as real when you're obviously faking things. Yeah. And and I think people can see that if they're looking for it. It's like those uh, commercials for like medications and stuff, and it always says. Uh, yep. actor portrayals not real patients yep. I'd imagine the the gritty realism of a patient <laughs> talking about a medication is exactly what you want and, well actually and... that's not what I want because you shouldn't be marketing drugs to people just about to get to that why do we have advertisements for medications like I I like the idea of the common man taking like control of his own health and like yes what he gets put on and stuff but yes it's your doctor's the informed one yes they're the one that gets to make the decision about like what we should be doing for your treatment well there there should be a give and take there it shouldn't all be your word or all be the doctor's word because sometimes well, the doctor's supposed to work with you yes yes um my, my point is though uh some doctors don't like they 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 say I'm a doctor I'm correct everyone else is wrong, even if like new information has come out saying oh hey maybe we shouldn't fill people with leeches. Yeah, well I mean more so, <laughs> a doctor's job is to work with a patient to find the best means of yeah. treatment for anything. Yeah. Uh, if I were a doctor and somebody came to me with an infection, I'm not going to give them a homeopathic remedy. Yeah. I'm going to give them antibiotics. We give them what they need. But if they were suffering from, like, a persisting cough, mm -hmm. and there didn't seem to be, like, signs of, like, airway inflammation or, like, any type of allergic reaction, sure, uh, try drinking more tea. Try, yeah. like, keeping your... Drink more water. Like, keep your body, like, lubricated and flushed. Yep. Like, just, like, obviously try the easy things. I don't want to give you, like, a heavy prescription medication that you're probably going to be, like, a, not addicted to, but, yep. like, chemically dependent on for the rest of your life. You, to... you have a slight cough. Now you're addicted to narcotics. Exactly. That I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, there has to be a give and take, but... What I also, and I despise this, and I talk with Jess about this on a regular basis, mm -hmm. is I hate it when doctors come up with a very, a perfectly fine medical treatment plan yep. that ha that is approved and then later denied for continued treatment by the insurance company. Yep. The insurance company aren't doctors. Yep. Why do you get to say how I get to work my treatment? Yep. And I hate that. And, and why are people not getting the treatment they need 
because, oh, hey, too expensive. We don't want to pay for that. That's what you're for. Exactly. That's why I have you. It's like doctors hate it, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. Like all doctors that have to deal with insurance companies, they hate it, too. We, we mentioned this a while back. Um, there's no reason for, for like medical equipment or treatments to be as expensive as they are. Yeah. <coughs> um, what is it? William Osman built an x-ray machine in his garage for like a hundred bucks yeah the, the most expensive part was the camera yeah it's you gotta pay all that money to insurance and they have to deny you to keep all the money mm-hmm. in their bank of all the the monthly fees that people are paying them to keep their insurance yep so if they just hand it out just like for example uh if they had to keep like shelling out a monthly $5,000 treatment to everyone that needed mm-hmm. that $5,000 monthly treatment. So let's say you're a cancer patient and need chemo. Yeah. That, that gets pricey very quickly. Oh yeah. And, and your insurance just denies this treatment that you need to live. What's even worse is when they approve it before. Yep. It's like, yep, we'll approve you for this treatment. Everything's good. Go do the thing. And then you're like, okay, I need to have... It's a chronic problem. And then you're like, okay, so uh, insurance, I need you to cover me for this thing you've already approved. No, it's denied. Why? It's too expensive. You approved it before. Well, we didn't know you'd need it again. Yep. This is a chronic condition. You knew (laughs) that when you approved it. Well... And and it's it's like that with um, generic drugs as well. Yeah. You'll talk with your doctor. They'll write your prescription for some name brand something. Your insurance will fill it. And then the next time you go back, oh, hey, yeah, no, you're getting the generic now that has all of these side effects that you you didn't talk with your doctor about. Yeah. And that's 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 not okay. Insurance companies shouldn't be making those decisions. Yeah. And I love that as an individual that doesn't work in that field or live in that space, that's something that I know. That's something a lot of people know and a lot yeah. of people complain about because it's actually a problem the 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 unfortunate part is that what are we going to do about it yeah figuring something out i say we tip something (laughs) over (laughs) man spongebob's old yeah yeah on no other show can you talk about health insurance (laughs) and then go right to spongebob it doesn't happen only here welcome to deviating tangents welcome to deviating tangents where we do that 1998 was the was the help wanted episode that would play for a year Before spatula with port and starboard attachments and turbo drive. Don't come back till you get one. <laughs> You're terrible. A hydro what? <laughs> it's he, such a prolific. And he finds it too. Yeah. <laughs> this thing that oh hey we just made up because we want to get this kid away from us for a while. Only, he actually found only it. SpongeBob could find that. <laughs> Now Viacom's gonna like send me a nasty email. <laughs> Stop talking about our show. I have nothing but up like highest regard for the show. For... Even even in the later seasons, like they were still 
working on it and it still had so much momentum that it's like mickey mouse it can't be stopped what what i dislike is um the creator I, I, for whatever reason i forget his name now um, uh the like the og creator yeah steven hillenberg okay so so steven hillenberg was um very adamant about no spin-offs. Yes, I was gonna say that if you didn't. And and as soon as he passed away, three shows were greenlit. Yep. And, yeah. and taking a creator's vision like that and, and tainting it into it's the Transformers argument. Yeah. It's just you're making your shareholders happy. Yeah. Because SpongeBob makes so much money. Yep. And th- there are more. There, there's more to life than shareholder value. Yeah. And, and that's part of the reason like, I get why it. the insurance companies are I get it, your money so. has to come from somewhere. Yeah. But you need to, like, keep artistic <laughs> integrity. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, here's Spider-Man. Also, he can fly now. Just because. Yeah, we can sell more toys that way. Stan Lee died, so there's a type of Brazilian spider that can fly, so yep. this new Spider-Man is one of those. And he shoots lasers. Because we got to... We got this is an Australian Spider-Man that bites you and you have an erection that lasts for <laughs> I think that's another Brazilian spider. Well yeah, I believe that's the See Brazilian that? no, wandering no. spider. So there's a lot of scary stuff in South America. Yeah. yeah and, and in Australia. Yeah. Everything in Australia is designed to kill you. Yes. Even the koalas. They don't call them drop bears for nothing. <laughs> Just, just walking throughout the, through the outback, and then all of a sudden a koala drops on you. And it pees on you, and you get chlamydia. And, and, and the, the weird cubic poo. Yeah. What, I, I, Is that them? I thought that was capybaras. It's definitely capybara. It might also be koalas. But, okay. but either way, like, I question the logistics. That's not how sphincters work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to do a deep dive in, into the gastrointestinal system of, of a capybara, but... I'm just um, curious how the sphincter works. Perfectly, like, it's a Minecraft animal. <laughs> hey, you Notch, feed, if you're listening. <laughs> you, feed it, you feed it whatever capybaras eat, and it gives you dirt blocks. Oh, that's... Uh, uh, that you right. can build a house with. <laughs> We went from SpongeBob <laughs> to the Australian Outback to Minecraft. Welcome to Deviating Tangents, where we do that. To quantum mechanics. Let, let's talk about this. The mod scene, the Minecraft modding scene. Yes, so Minecraft mods are are just so insane what people have done with them. Um, I remember an old mod that was centered around quantum mechanics. You could... Um, quantum entangle blocks to the point where um, acting on one would also act on the other. Um, there were there was um, observation states. So if you looked at a block from a specific side, it would have the properties of some block. But if you looked at it from a different side, it would have the properties of a different block. Yeah. Even if, if one of those blocks was affected by gravity and the other wasn't, it, it would take on the correct properties while looking at it from that side yeah and and like the the author of that mod went on to to like win some kind of prize in quantum engineering for it that's crazy (laughs) and and like one of my favorite mods 
for Minecraft is Rotary Craft. And it is such a huge concept for a Minecraft mod. It brings real world nuclear reactors into Minecraft. Like, complete with needing to kickstart the reaction with a jolt of power. And, and like, if you do it wrong enough, then that entire area of the map is uninhabitable for several real-world years. Yeah. Because it's irradiated. And, and like, Chernobyl, the Minecraft mod. Yeah, basically, yeah. And, and this is, you know, just amateur programmers writing in Java for a, a game that was just, you know, a hobby. Something for us to do in a spare time. Yeah. And now, you know, quantum mechanics and nuclear fusion. Yeah. <coughs> I had made a joke that it's absolutely something you could do in Minecraft with the right mod packs and, like, yep. enough coding knowledge. It's a, it's a common... So in the programming business, it is the golden, it is, it is, essentially it's the holy grail to always find, to always be on the lookout for different computing systems that you can use to run Doom. Mm-hmm. And there are computing Minecraft mods where you can code in a computer that runs Doom that on that in this game of doom that you're playing on a computer in your minecraft game mm-hmm. so there's like two levels of inception there there's a computer in the background of the doom game you're playing that runs minecraft mm-hmm. that also runs doom and and here's something that's going to blow your mind even more you don't need mods so you can build fully functional computers with just vanilla redstone mechanics. That's gross. Um, I believe with just vanilla redstone and some command block trickery, someone built an emulator to play Pokemon Red in its entirety inside Minecraft. Hmm. With, With no mods. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, fun times. And then they set that up for Twitch, and then Twitch <laughs> plays it from their Minecraft account. That's, God, oh my God. That's not okay. Vanilla? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's stupid. <laughs> my, Mojang's still charging 20 bucks to play this video game. I love Minecraft, specifically modded Minecraft and auto-crafting, because of what it is. Yeah. So, auto-crafting, let's say you want to craft something that requires some kind of machine processing to to do with with multiple steps. So, to set up all of these machines and and make the the system be able to auto-craft on demand, you're essentially writing a program using someone else's code to interact with someone else's code that is running entirely within someone else's code on your computer. Yeah. So you are like two or three steps removed abstract programming. Yeah. And that's just insane to me, and I love every minute of it. Scott, what would happen if a leprechaun walked up to you 
and he bit you on the knee and in your vision everything was like tinted green slightly for the rest of your life well first i would question how high am i <laughs> so uh is, is this an actual leprechaun or like just a, someone a magical, i perceive as a, as a, a leprechaun, magical or? irish cre creature yes. all right um how how green we talking here just like two percent everything everything's normal but there's like a slight like tiny bit of green tint so like i'm looking through transparent film sure all right um i, I, I guess i would have to learn to live with it there, to some point i guess I, I i don't know what what can he's a magical creature there's there's no science way to remove that nope i don't know i'm just curious if you had some kind of what if it so i guess it would depend on does it change my eyes or does it change my brain I suppose in this case it would change your brain. Okay, that that's a little more difficult to deal with. Because, um, like, we're, we're making strides in cybernetic technology. You could have your eyes replaced. Yeah. You can't really do that with your brain. I, Yet. Yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, we have sleeves you can put over your heart and make a beat forever. I, I suppose... As we move closer to to um, augmenting our own bodies with with cybernetics, um, something like that could be corrected. I guess the only cybernetic augmentation that I think would be th this would be the point where I jump on would be for me to be able to play Pokemon Go without needing my phone. I could. I want to walk down the street. Let's elaborate and, on and that. see a Bulbasaur and be like, I want it, and then I just get it. Okay, so so this Bulbasaur only exists within your vision and is not actually in the world. It's in a simulated <laughs> program that other people running the same augmented reality generator that I am can okay. also see it. Okay, and can you touch it? For the sake of simplicity, no. Okay. Yes, I believe that would be interesting if you could turn it off. Well, yeah. I just want it to be like an application that I can open. Okay, yeah. And um, it uses like Google Maps to be like, oh, a, a Jolteon goes here. The the issue I have with that is is, you know constantly being tracked yeah but you know that that's something that we already have that's to do everything with. everybody is skeptical <laughs> about already anyway um but yeah that, that that'd be pretty cool uh, a just seamless augmented reality like that yeah um like you can play Yu-Gi-Oh in real time yes yes with, with you know realistic dual discs that'd be so cool i i would love to see something i would like write that, that code <laughs> so long since I've done any programming. I want to do more. Yeah. Um, so there is a Minecraft mod called ComputerCraft that um, <coughs> just adds a Lua interpreter to the game. So now you have a direct way to program in Minecraft 
if you're writing in Lua. Hmm. And it can do all of the things that you can do with Lua on top of having built-in functions that directly interface with, with the game. Yeah. Um, on top of that, so here's where things get really fun. Um, Minecraft is a sandbox game, but doesn't run in a sandbox. No. So you can still interface with things outside the game while the game is running. Um, Computercraft facilitates that, but it, it's not required. Again, you can do things with vanilla and command blocks. Yeah. <coughs> um, there's uh, there's an add-on for Computercraft because, of course, mods for Minecraft also have mods for themselves. Yeah. Um, that, that's basically an internet radio station. So, like, you can listen to radio stations from around the internet within Minecraft because of these mods. Hmm. Um, on top of that, there's uh, bilateral communication. So, like, you can send commands from Minecraft to the outside world. Yeah. Um, we, we've seen before um, on Game Theory, they made a video call within Minecraft from vanilla granted it was a special release that they partnered with verizon to pull off but like the fact that that is capable yeah yeah <laughs> just i love minecraft I, I love what people do with it yeah that's crazy oh uh speaking of of like actual things people are doing with it not just fun little tech projects um so there's this Minecraft server out there that is a massive library mm -hmm. and like all of the books in the library are actual real world books mm. so like if you're in a country where these books are outlawed you can just hop on Minecraft join the server and boom the book is right there for you to, to read whenever it's you like want it's like the library of Alexandria yeah. in, your, in yeah. a Minecraft server that's pretty neat <laughs> Um, there, there have been huge, huge projects within Minecraft, um, like entire countries being mapped out one to one in Minecraft. Yeah. So, like you, or you, even like the scaled down ones. Yeah. You can go on a world tour and experience things that you would never be able to experience because of Minecraft. I don't like it. <laughs> it's it's not a game for everyone. No, it's. I mean, I love the game, but like, I don't like how it's it's not simple because doing it is complicated. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I can ask, can I do this? And the answer is yes. Yeah. It's, Regardless of what the it, question is, it's, it's yes. It can be contrived as hell, but the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's an allegory for life, though, isn't it? Like, yes. If, if you try hard enough, whatever you can think up, you can do. Yeah. I didn't want that to be the catalyst for <laughs> that statement <laughs> to be, you know, made into reality, but... Man, I'm just waiting for Cliffs and Caves too. <laughs> You're over here talking about Rotary Craft and Math so, Craft and Craft Mac and Cheese <laughs> Adventure. 
the the downside with the rotor craft and and it's it's my one gripe with it and it's not enough to to actually be a gripe um so the creator of this mod doesn't like newer updates to minecraft so if you want to play rotary craft you are stuck on 1710 so the caves and cliffs update i don't never... have access to yeah well if that's what you yeah, wanted yeah if, if i want to play with rotary craft i don't have access to to those updates whereas if i want to play those updates i don't have access to rotary craft yeah which, which is fine you know whatever <coughs> um, remember bees came out and that was a big deal to the point where they were added to the base game yes. in, in some form, yeah. Um, Apparently in, I think they're part of Caves and Cliffs 1, uh, Axolotls, mm -hmm. or I think they're just, it's just pronounced a waddle. Something think, like that, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's that type of word. I think the X is just silent. Where and The like, little salamander things. Yes, the, the water salamanders with the funny-looking faces. Mm -hmm. Where... They are them being incorporated into the game gave people like it's Minecraft, so the widespread appeal mm -hmm. was getting people to ask the question, those little guys are cute, what are they? Which is causing people to do research mm -hmm. to find out that, oh, they're an endangered species, mm -hmm. which is helping people to now save a lotles from extinction. And and that's happened before. Um <laughs> so Minecraft has, has such a wide reach and such a wide appeal that they they need to be careful on what they add yeah uh so when they added parrots to the game um people were actually giving them cookies because when they were first added to the game to to breed them to get more to to whatever you would give them cookies because you know probably want a cracker whatever yeah. Um, it turns out that in the real world, cookies That's, are very dangerous to give to birds. Like grains of any kind. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't feed birds rice. To, to the point where Mojang was like, yeah, no, we are changing this immediately yeah. because birds are dying. Um, and so they just changed it to, to normal seeds and, and that's great. Um, I, I think it's crazy <laughs> when you have something that is that big. Yeah, like world renowned because I would not, I don't feel like I'd be wrong in saying Minecraft is world renowned. So to to uh, quote Uncle Ben here, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, and that can not that it can get away from people because my example here is when a company has a thing or at least has enough reach to meet so many people. Mm -hmm. And to give them all the same idea, mm -hmm. like you had to change how parrots work because people are killing birds. Yeah. That's like when Disney released 101 Dalmatians mm -hmm. and suddenly and everyone that was wants a Dalmatian. The breed yep. with no real knowledge of how to take care of a Dalmatian because yep. they're a very uh, labor intensive breed to take care of. Mm hmm. And, and, you know, Halloween movies and black cats and, and, you know, animal shelters restricting the adoption of black cats during during October. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did not understand where my brain was not making the connection there. So it's like, oh, no, uh, you can't adopt black cats. My brain went to for like a uh, superstitious reason, not because... You're going to use it as a prop on your Instagram and yeah, then abandon it. Yeah. 
because that's <laughs> what the actual harm is. I'm like, what? Instagram is so like, toxic. Like, what? The, the SPCA is going to prevent me from adopting a black cat <laughs> on Halloween because, like, oh, it's bad ju juju or whatever? It's like, no, it's because you're going to get pictures with it. And then, yeah, exactly. That's like, no. Black cats are adorable. Yep. Jess's dad has a black cat. His name is Yo. His name at the shelter was Q, but he cha okay. but her dad changed it to Yo just because they live together. That's it. It's yeah. him and the cat. Yeah. So when he comes home, the cat greets him at the door. He's like, Yo. And the cat's just like, Hi. So I had a cat whose name was Cat because she was she was so so vicious she was a stray yeah so was probably abused was abandoned you know um and we took her to the vet to get fixed because that's what you do when you're a responsible that's pet what you owner. do with a pet um and of course the vet needs a name on on the form you can't call your your animal nasty names on a form like that Mm -hmm. and and you know I'll, I'll just come right you can't call a cat a bitch to your vet it's, yeah. it, that's that's not you can't do that so officially the cat's name was cat that's funny <laughs> and and like it was so bad that um <coughs> so we we sent the cat to the vet to get vet to get fixed uh she got stitches and then um the cat came home and, and of course you know have to bring back some time later to get the stitches out um my mother was working all the time at the time and and like couldn't find time to bring the cat back to the vet so she called up and was like hey can i just remove these stitches myself and and the vet was like yeah, sure. That that sounds like an okay idea. We don't really want her back anyway, because she was such a terror with with just the short time that the vet had her, that they didn't want anything to do with her ever again. That's horrible. <laughs> and and like this was not a cat that you could pet. This was a cat that, that you, you could look at. You put your hand down near the ground, and she decided whether she, or not to be touched yeah, by it. She, she she would rub up against you. And and that was it. If you moved at all, you were getting attacked. Hmm. My favorite—I've had a bunch of cats, um, bunch of cats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, probably one of my favorite cat stories. We had an orange tabby. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, let me predate this. Um, we in—I want to say the summer of two thousand four, two thousand five. We got, my mother got two cats, two mm -hmm. sisters. We were originally going to get one cat, but they were the only girls in the letter and she didn't want them separated. Yeah. So she got two cats. Their names were Esme and Yzma. Esme named after the snake from Foul Play that Burgess Meredith owns. Mm -hmm. And um, Yzma, the bad guy from Emperor's New Groove. Mm -hmm. um, and their names were very similar, so which is why we did it like that. And they were just normal, short, domestic house cats hmm. uh short hair uh domestic short hair house cats uh white and black with splat yzma had splotches brown on her hmm. and so we had them for a long time 
and they were carrying cats. Like we had, we got them fixed. Mom got them declawed, and I know that there's a whole thing with that, and I'm not getting into that. That's not the point. Uh, like we had, they were up to date on their shots. They were well loved. We've had them since kittenhood. They were never feral cats, mm-hmm. and we loved them. But they were litter mates. Mm-hmm. They bonded to each other more yep. than anyone in the house. You could walk up to a cat, to one of these cats, and pet them, and they would like totally dig it. Mm-hmm. But they weren't gonna like wander into your room at night and sleep with you because you were their best friend. The other one was their best friend, mm-hmm. and they were always together. So we just kind of a- a- accepted that okay, the cats want to be with themselves. Mm-hmm. So when we moved out of my grandparents' house and do our own place for the first time, mom's like, I'm getting another cat. So she got an orange tabby cat uh, that we thought was a girl. Um, <laughs> now, are always the best. The older cats at this point are like seven, eight years old, and this is a kitten. And these two cats have only ever known themselves and one other cat. But mm-hmm. uh, we won't talk about Floppy because just wasn't our cat it was michael steven's cat and then he moved and grandparents kept the cat and just family cat like a a distant relative cat but that was the only other cat that esmanisma knew so we bring home this orange tabby cat who uh brave had just recently came out so we named the cat merida time comes to get the cat fixed we get a call from the vet so it turns out merida is a boy (laughs) but his uh his male anatomy is very small. <laughs> so Merida went nameless for a long time because we did not know what to name this cat. Mm-hmm. We had settled on Merida, which you don't have to give a cat a gender specific name, mm-hmm. but it just felt weird to us yep. calling a boy cat a female name. Yep. We tried Maridude for a <laughs> while, didn't stick. <laughs> um, and so this cat was just kind of like, we didn't know what to call our orange cat until we brought home another kitten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should mention that the other cats did not take very well to the orange tabby. So, well, of course, he's exactly. Male. They were they were he was an outsider, and so it's like they all became pack mates eventually. Yeah, but like so he got close to us. So especially with me, like he loved me. And so, like, this was, like, the cuddly cat. Like, if you leave your door open, like, mm-hmm. he'll try to get in. because, And then you open up the door, he's like, hi. And then you sit in your chair, and he hops up on your lap, and then you can't go anywhere for hours at a time. Oh, of he, course. He was that. Um, so, he did not get a name until we brought home another little cat. Uh, just a black, uh, like, black and white, almost Mancoon-shaped but, mm-hmm. like, just another domestic short hair or tabby cat. Um, and seeing our orange cat tower over this tiny little <laughs> kitten, I had the idea. To this day, I'm now conflicted because mom likes to believe she came up with the idea. It is ingrained in my brain that it was my idea, <laughs> and I will fight tooth and nail to argue that it was, in fact, my idea. That watching the tall, lanky, tiger-designed cat over the tiny, little, feisty thing, they got the names Callan and Hobbs. <laughs> so our black, tiny, little kitten was named Calvin, and then lanky tiger Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, they were my favorite cats I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got along well with each other. Calvin loved me. Mm-hmm. Hobbs loved me, too. But 
I was working nights at the time, so mom and my brother would be at work, and Calvin was a kitten when we got him. Yep. And so I'm like, I'm going to keep you separated from the other cats just so that you can like get used to the house. And so I'm home with Calvin all day, mm-hmm. and he's like sleeping on my shoulder, this tiny little purring thing. And so I think he attached to me the most. And so, yeah, just adorable cat, and I miss him. So that's my cat story. How great are cats? They're awesome. Like, like I know... They've been worshipped as deities long before <laughs> the internet. Like, go back to ancient Egypt, and the Egyptians were praising cats. Yep. There, There's a big divide out there with, with, you know, cat people versus dog people. And, like, I can understand the appeal of dogs, but, like, I'm always going to prefer cats. I think you can have a preference. I'm more the argument of animal lover versus not animal yeah, lover. Yeah. If you don't like animals, I don't trust you. Yeah. Um, I used to think I was a cat person, and I loved my cats. But when I had a dog that was my dog for the first time, I was like, I'm a dog person. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my child. I know that's an argument that people are like... Like, oh, it's, it's not like it's your own flesh and blood. It's not like a child. Stop treating it like a child. This yeah. is my child, asshole. Y- yeah. <laughs> I, I think I prefer cats over dogs, specifically because cats are so independent. Yeah. Like, they don't need you. Of course, you're going to take care of them and love them and cuddle they them. Do- they want like, you to believe they don't need you. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas, like... Dogs are are not that deceitful. They, they they need you, and they are very upfront that they need you. Yeah, I like that honesty in an animal. That's that's fair. There's no right. There's no yeah. better pet. Yeah, it, it, it's all personal. Like preference. if you have a cat and a dog, I just hope they don't hate each other. Yeah. And I hate you because you have <laughs> animals and I don't. What? Oh, okay, that, that's that's not the statement I thought you were gonna make, but that works. <laughs> it's like. Jess will be watching TikTok videos, and she's like, look at the cute puppy, and I'm like, I want him. And, and that's why, like, I'm excited to actually move out on my own for to, to a place where I make yeah. all the rules, because I want animals. You want a cat, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know you've <laughs> been saying for years you want your little kitty cat. I keep, we keep going to, because she's, my, Jess is really into hamsters. Yeah. Um, she grew up, she's had a bunch of hamsters, and it's like... She could get a hamster. I would have no objections with that and have one in this apartment. Mm. I can't get a dog mm-hmm. until I have a house. More so for moral objection. Yeah. I want my I want my dog to have a large house. Because they need they can, a lot of space. Yes. I want them to have a house that they don't feel cramped in. Mm-hmm. And I want them to have a yard that they can play in. Mm-hmm. This isn't... It's not... An, um, anti. It's not an anti-pet area. But it's like... You're not really supposed to have pets here. Yeah. And and like there there is a a very big difference between pets for like, oh hey this is a beta is is a fish it yeah, takes this is up a tiny little fish yeah it, it takes up one square foot of the yeah. counter space, whereas you know something like a dog you need acres. Yeah. When um fun fact about animals. Uh. If you are signing a, I don't want to be the guy that like gets people in trouble with their lease, but if you're living in an apartment that does not allow animals, animals are cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. They are free roaming creatures. 
if you have anything that fits anything that is relegated to a tank or a cage, that is considered furniture. Hamsters, gerbils, guinea pigs, fish, reptiles, uh, insects, furniture. It's all furniture. I, I would check with your, your local laws and your lease agreement before trying to sit on a hamster, though. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> because that's what you really need to dispute in court. <laughs> I don't know, Your Honor. It said right here in the lease that uh, this snake is 100%, 100% couch. Some snakes can be as big as couches. It, it, it's it's a it's a snake leather couch. We just haven't made it that far yet. <laughs> if he eats a few more of the neighborhood dogs, <laughs> I got him as a I got him as a snake stool. Quickly, he became a snake chair, and then somehow a snake love seat. We're working on the couch, and then from there we might go sectional, but I don't know yet. Snake sectional, a snake sectional. Oh boy, we we we're gonna get calls from Peta. <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna force a snake to eat something it doesn't want to. It's not my fault he ate my neighbor. <laughs> That's what he wanted. I said, "Well, you're my son, so I'll get you your own neighbor to eat." I guess. And, and, and now that apartment is is available for for you to give yeah, the snake that, its own apartment. And that guy's been living here for years. You can raise the rent on the place. God, what a messy episode this has been. Welcome to Deviating Tangents, where we do that. <laughs> Uh, thank you everybody so much for watching this has been a wonderful episode 2 now that we actually have a name for the show um, uh, this is it like episode 1 was a thing and episode 2 is more of the same thing so if this is your cup of tea if you like watching the sprawling continuing downward spiraling madness of two people <laughs> that can seemingly take completely unrelated points and six degrees of separation them together somehow yep <laughs> then this is the show for you. Everything is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so I, I mentioned that. We're doing the outro, but I got to say this. <laughs> so I, I was talking to someone the other day, and I mentioned Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, and, and like they looked at me like I had six heads because who's Kevin Bacon? What are you talking about? Like, you mean who's Kevin Bacon? Right? Come on. Even if you don't know or care who Kevin Bacon is, like... Six degrees of Kevin Bacon is such a, a ubiquitous term that, like, you should be able to know what that means, even yeah. if you don't know who, who My he is. My grandfather got a picture with him nice. at Turning Stone uh, during Christmas. Hmm. I think he was, I don't remember what he was even doing in town, but yeah, my grandfather met Kevin Bacon. That's, I have nowhere and, to go and, from there. And there's your six degrees. The, the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone have a good rest of your day. However, whatever time you're listening to this, I don't know if you're enjoying or trying to stave off your daily commute or if you're having a lunch break or if lunch is boring and you need something to do. Uh, or you just want to drown out your boss. That's another good... That's a, that's a good way to use this show if you want to... <laughs> 
Um, but thank you everybody so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time with a new deviating tangent. See you next week. <laughs>